Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and good morning. It is Brett from the Bunker. It is Wednesday, June 3rd. The year is 2020, and we're here. We're in a difficult time, but we're going to continue to do the show. And we're going to be joined today by comedian Mark Brewer. Mark, welcome. Hey, what's up, Brett? Thanks for having me of at course, the Bunker, of proverbial. Of I, welcome to the Bunker. It's, uh, it's nice here. We have a lot of canned goods. <laughs> we're stocking, stocking up, up on canned up canned goods here. So um, now I ask everybody this, and it's taken on a little bit of a loaded, um, yeah, you know, it's a little bit it's more of a loaded question than it used to be. But how are you holding up? Yeah, that that is a that is a preloaded question. Um, well, let's see. In the the last month, I lost my job. I, uh, you know, we got the pandemic, and now we got. Um, uh, protesting for the Black Lives Matter movement, and obviously I'm empathetic, but uh, I'm a little scared to be honest. Uh, just not from a not from a sense of not understanding, but more from a, just a a sense of scared for people's safety, scared for you know the whole pandemic could have a resurgence. But you know I'm thankful that you know comedy has given me some perspective and to try to write some jokes and all this. So. I'm just trying to focus on that. Do your podcast. Do do healthy things to to fill my cup of self care and and can see where it goes. You know. Yep, I think that's important. I think that is very important. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's definitely a scary time. I mean, there were protests right outside my window, but it when it's when it doesn't become breaking windows, then I think that's you know that that's where to me where where it becomes scary because you talk you're starting to talk about you know serious trashing of things and what I, what I worry about is not even so much the property but I worry that someone's going to get hurt is that I it, it concerns me you know when people are throwing stuff at the police you know is, is there going to be retaliation and I think that that's not there's nothing good about any of it um, but it would but when it's just for example I was very relieved to wake up this morning and to read that the, that the vast majority of the protests uh, were, last night were peaceful that even if people were not obeying the curfew then they were um, you know, they weren't, you know, messing stuff up. They were simply protesting. And protesting yeah. is, a, is a protesting is an American right, and I support that always. That that's never gonna that's never gonna change. I'm never gonna change how I feel about that. So yeah, um, there's there, similar. Uh, sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. Uh, similar say, similar news in Los Angeles. Um, last night's protests were peaceful for the most part, even after after the curfew. There's a big. Um, sort of a discussion within a discussion about um, <clears throat> the budget for the Los Angeles Police Department and how that is vastly greater than other community health services that and services that our community needs. So that's been sort of the protest within the protest. But it seems like it's getting, even though it's 
going past curfew, it's a little uh, less, uh, how you want, rambunctious. It's a good word. I wouldn't say, well, I don't know about rambunctious. I would say, I, I, I mean, it, it, dangerous is where, you know, when they're, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. when they're, when, when windows are being smashed at the Chanel store or at Old Navy for that matter, it doesn't just have to be the high end stores. Um, when windows are getting smashed and things are being stolen, obviously that's a level of escalation that doesn't really serve anyone. And I mean, I, yeah, I can say, I, I don't want to say I understand the anger because I couldn't possibly pretend to really understand the anger. Right. I understand the concept of the anger and I understand intellectually. Um, it's, it doesn't, I, I, I don't know what it's like to be, to be the victim of racism or to be discriminated against or right. anything of that nature. You know, I mean, I, I like to joke about, you know, ha Jews, but the truth is, is that's never hurt me. <laughs> You know, being Jewish right. has, never, has never been a problem. Um, I have been – I grew up in a mostly uh, black and Hispanic neighborhood, so I was I was definitely one of the very few white kids. But, mm-hmm. you, know, I, you know, whatever, everywhere else in the world, I'm – everywhere else in the world, I'm not. So that yeah. is so, – so, you know, again, I don't want to pretend – I hesitate to say the word understand because I just feel like that would be inaccurate and also a little unfair and maybe disrespectful. Um but you know the anger is very the anger is very real and I get it. Um, I just I want to see it being channeled into more productive things. I mean the protest that I saw was very powerful because it was huge. There were a lot of people, and I have to think that people will sit up and take notice. And it does. It sounds like people are. I don't know what's actually going to happen, obviously, but I do feel like. I, a lot a lot of this is filtered through sports radio because that's kind of my default shower listening. Um, because I can't get sure. my local news station in the shower, and, and also I'm a sports guy. <laughs> sports radio has been really good. Okay. I got to be honest. Sports radio has been. Are you a sports guy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm a big baseball guy, but uh, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with sports. But I mean, have you, have you been listening to sports radio at all? Oh no, I'm not like a an avid listener. Um, I. It's just it's interesting because they, the hosts have actually been really really good, and the callers have actually been really interesting, and. It's not what I would expect, <laughs> you know. I would definitely. So not have I'm it. assuming they've taken they've taken issues and and calls about. Yeah, people are calling the, in and saying you know the NFL could do more and you know things of that nature. But oh you know, yeah, definitely. And, and it's just it, it's just been interesting because you never know how people are going to handle it. I mean, there was there was one unfortunate moment right. where they where they said you know that's some straight talk, straight talk wireless, like that was bad. <laughs> that was a, that was a moment where I was like, oh, that was really unfortunate. Why of, did you do that? That's a little you know? bit of a miscue. <laughs> yeah, I was I was sort of like, really? You know, like I, I get we got to respect our sponsors, but maybe not today, maybe not right now. We we could do that. Yeah. But, um, but in general, they've actually been really, really appropriate, um, kind of leading a conversation. And um, I don't know, it's 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 been interesting to hear. So someone actually referred me to a. Uh, uh, not someone, it was a caller called in and said, look up Tupac talking about food. And so I went on YouTube, I looked up Tupac talking about food, and boy, oh boy, does it sound like he's talking about right now. It really did. It was just an interview with him, and it's got something to do, I I don't want to butcher it, but I would would definitely recommend looking that up because it was really really interesting and really prescient, um, what he was saying. And I got that off sports radio, which was a very, which is, you know, so you you take what you can get, you know. Um, What what is your Yeah, that's good, though, you... Oh, sorry, guys. You have to. Um, I think you have to like meet these convers. You just have to have these conversations. Like, and I think, I think for me, and maybe I mean you've had a similar experience bringing being that you grew up 
you know, around minorities. But, you know, when you try, when you try to be a part of the culture, I think making an effort goes a long way and not, and, you know, trying to break the barrier down of like, we're not different. We're the same. And I'm going to participate in your culture just because I want to, and I want to learn about you and I want to be a part of the community that I live in. Um, ironically for me, my sports radio is more of a podcast in this day and age. I have like a Google home. So I have a, a lot of comedian friends podcasts oh, okay. <laughs> that I, uh, I try to listen to and, and keep up with, but I mean, there's a, there's a broad spectrum of topics that, uh, people discuss and have, have they been keeping not, up? I mean, are, they, are, the, are the podcasts current and talking about what's going on? Uh, no, it, it's more, it's more so interview based, but it's, uh, it's just, it's always been diverse, you know, it, and it's always been accepting of all cultures and, and people. So, you know, to me, it's, it, it's hard. I mean, like, again, like you said, I, you can't possibly imagine what, what people feel like, but, you know, I've always done my best to, you know, be inclusive. It's just, it's, it's sad to see that. Some people haven't, I guess. For oh, a long yeah. Time. I mean, look, there, there's not being there's 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 levels of all this. There's what the cop did to George yeah. Floyd, and then there's you know someone who doesn't book diverse shows. Um, but I guess what the point of all this is is that it's all bad and it all needs to stop. I, I would like to think that right. I book diverse shows, um, but I could probably do better. I don't know. You know, I I tend I just I try, I try to look at the lineup and say you know do I have um, do I have people of color on this lineup? Do I have women on this lineup? And uh, sometimes I sometimes I do, and I would imagine there have been times when I don't. I don't want to sit here and claim that I, that, I, that I always get it right. Um, I do try to talk to people about it, and it's just, you know, it's on my mind, which is, I guess, you know, I'm going to say the, say the best I can do because the best I can do is to actually put it all into action. And maybe I'll be better right. going forward. I don't know. Um, so that's but I, I also think asking the question – yeah, asking the questions, the fact that you're asking it and you're having that inner dialogue means that you care and it means that, you know, you're you're making an effort and you're trying to to take the what you see and what you feel and what you hear and turn it into action. And and that's all you can do, I think. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I I definitely yeah. was, you know, as I was you know, sitting in my apartment looking at the protest, I was like, should I be down there? And then I was kind of like, I don't know. I don't Social distancing, like I don't, you know, I I'm a, I'm a little uptight about the whole COVID thing. Like I don't, you know, I got no, a family. I, I don't, I don't I want feel somebody the same to bring way. back into the house. I just, you know, I yeah. And I guess that's part of the, that's part of the privilege. I I feel like I can do that, and and I do, and that's you know that's part of white privilege, I guess, um, and class privilege. Yeah. So you know, which I I get it, but at the same time, um, I would just really hate to bring something you know back into my house. That would be really yeah, bad. Yeah, one hundred percent. That would be. Very I think the protecting your family is a is a legitimate fear, and you know, while you can certainly empathize, but you don't want to you don't want to put your life or somebody else's life in in danger because of your actions, your direct I'll, actions. You know. I'll tell you, I thought that I had it um, way back in February, and so oh really? I had, well, I had this unexplained flu. And so based on stuff I read okay. on Facebook, because that's where all good information comes from, I said, uh-huh. all right, I, I must have had it. So I went out and I got the antibody test, and I didn't have it. <laughs> so I've never, <laughs> I've never been so sad to fail a test. I was like, yeah, oh, man. Like, 
it's like it's almost like an std test in reverse you know like totally. you want <laughs> you have to go back and, and tell everybody you came in contact with and you know you have to you have to say like oh well is this going to affect my life moving forward <laughs> it yeah, feels no, very totally. similar 100 percent, 100 percent. i've been it's, uh it's super weird. This this yeah, this one I was like, please let me have it. Please let me have it. Please let me have it. <laughs> it's uh I I thankfully haven't had any flu or flu-like symptoms this this season. I I like I always get the flu shot and because I I work I used to work with kids and when people say, you know, like, oh, like how could you get the flu shot? It, it doesn't work or like I always get the flu and I think, I'm just like we live in like 2020 guys. Like let's, if there's something you could do to, to save like some smidgen of your health, I'm going to do yeah. it. Plus having kids throw up on you and like have their spit and boogers everywhere. It's just like, you, you need it. Uh, you need all the protection you can get. <laughs> so gross. What what did you do? Were you, were you a teacher? Uh, I, w- I was an administrator at a, at a charter school. Yeah. And, uh, oh, okay. in the San Fernando Valley. Yeah. Gross. Kids puke. Yeah. <laughs> love love kids. Yeah. But when it's other pe- it's one thing when it's your kids puke. You know, you just sort of deal with it. But when it's like another kid's puke, it's like, I don't want to deal with that. Sure. Don't sneeze on me. Sure. So yeah, even as even as an administrator, you were subjected to that. Uh, yeah, I just kids always naturally found me. I feel like I I enjoy I enjoy their presence, and I think they right. enjoy my. Uh, kid-like nature at heart. Maybe it's the comedy, but so what uh, is, what, what yeah. is the comedy scene in LA like? Like what is like? I have no sense of it. I feel like it's very different, and you don't have a, a New York experience to compare it to. But like, sort of, are there Correct. a lot of open mics? Like, can you do that many, or or is it hard to get to them from one to the other because of driving? So define. So what do you can let's let's start at a baseline. What do you consider a lot of open mics for one night? Just one night. Oh, to do it to do in one night. I mean, I would say if you're doing three or four, you're you're you know you're ahead of the game. I mean, I I certainly don't do that even when we were in the midst of things. Like I I I definitely did one a day. Sometimes sometimes I did two. Um, I feel like I have done three, but that's pretty rare. So if you're doing if okay. you're doing three, if you're doing like three or four, that's a lot. Okay, so like for context, there have been days where I have hit five. And oh, wow. that's 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 starting like literally in Orange County and sort of working my way up through the Southland, like back up to to the San Fernando Valley, like south to north, essentially. But uh, the scene is more like there are open mics out there and you can certainly go to, you know, three or four a night. Um, most of them are, are pay to play. Most of them are run by, you know, uh, a comedy club has one at the end of the night in their bar or, you know, a. Uh, a wine cellar has one like downstairs and their little comedy setup they have, but it's mostly pay to play and it's mostly, you know, people just coming in doing their five minutes and then getting out. You know, a lot of people don't stay for the hour on their phones. I'm sure that's a open mic epidemic in and of itself, but there's definitely a lot. You just have no, to sort of five, do five, five at a night when you got to drive there seems, you know, pretty good. That's impressive. Yeah, and I think that I think that for me the most important thing has always been the culture of people. It's mm. not like you know you can't just go to an open mic once and say like oh I didn't I didn't like it I didn't like the crowd or whatever. Um, you have to like consistently go you know when you 
when you learn sort of the, the crowd and the people, you sort of get a better sense of, you know, well, can my stuff work here? Can my stuff not work here? And then, you know, you always have to go outside of your comfort zone. But, you know, I have a few places where I found over the years that, uh, that have been, you know, sort of good to me at least. Um, there's a really popular one in Los Angeles. It's called uh, Burt's Back Room. And okay. uh, essentially it's five, $5 for five minutes. And each, so each hour, uh, what was that? 20, no, can't do math now. Uh, <laughs> 12 comedians, right, in an hour. And they all do five minutes. And, you know, sometimes the space can be really inclusive. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody's laughing. And sometimes it could be really, like, gut-wrenching where nobody cares. Everybody's on their phones and it's silence. But it's sort of like it's the iconic – it's like an iconic open mic spot in L.A., at least right now. Okay. That's cool. I like that. Uh, what yeah, is, I, think um, you're, I think you're totally right. I mean, the makeup of the people that are there. Uh, and it, it changes, but I, I, I personally find that mics have character. Like I do find, yeah, like, 100%. like if you find a mic you like, it will probably stay a mic you like. And then if you find a mic you don't right. like, it will probably stay a mic you don't like. There, there's just right. something. I, I don't know how it is. I don't know if it's the host. I'd like to think it's the host. Because it's weird, I'm host right? I'm delightful, um, but it, 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 yeah. it's odd. Like, like you know, like that's the thing. Like I host, I host a mic, and people say it's good. Now maybe they're just buttering me up, but I hope not. I don't think so. People have said, "Oh, you're a really good open mic host," and I re- I think that's good, and I enjoy that, and I I hope to continue to do that. Um, but I don't know what it is that I'm doing. Like, I mean, I just try to be positive. Yeah. I try to make. I, yeah, I try course. to get everybody to stay. I think that's really key. If if it doesn't work out, if you can't stay, you can't stay. But I ask everyone to stay, and I feel like once you ask, most people will, and then at least everybody's got an audience to play to. And, you know, so that's a good thing. I think like, I have also hosted uh, two in the past, and I think just saying it and, say, and you know, asking people to stay off their phones, it, it goes a long way. And I, I think it goes more, you know, a lot of people say, like, oh, I hate to, I hate to be reminded every mic, every show, right? But, like, you, you kind of, you almost need the reminder just, you know, for your subconscious. So, so it's really in there that, you know, you don't, you don't need to be on your phone or, like, you know, just write your set outside real quick on a note card, and then you know, you know you're not you know making somebody else upset when if they see you on their phone or something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Being on the phone thing. A... I don't know what we do about that. I feel like that's just an epidemic. It's not just open mics. It's in general. I mean, I'll be sitting with having a drink with someone, and they'll be you know going back and forth to their phone, and I'll even say, I'm like, can you not do that? Like I just I don't want you to be looking at social media while we're sitting here talking. Like if you can't be engaged, yeah, engaged enough with me, then I don't know why we're here. Like what am I what am I bothering? And I, I realize that makes me seem like a <laughs> man, but I don't it just I don't really care. Like I it's I'm just I'm not interested. No, from a from a, a person of a different generation, I, I mean I can honestly say like it it almost it almost feels like your company isn't valued as much as, you know, yeah. you thought it was or as much, you know, and it's, it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to address, I think for people. Cause you know, you don't want to, you don't want to take away if someone's doing important, but at the same time, it's like, wh- why would you, why would you choose a face-to-face interaction and then not literally be looking at their face and engaging in conversation? Yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't get it. I, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, I just I just feel like you know if we're like 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 you just said I mean if we're here we're talking and we're we're enjoying each other's company and if you if we're not then let's just not bother <laughs> you know let's just not let's yeah. just not just go, let's let's go our separate ways and we'll go do our own thing you know come on um, but. And then, of course, I mean, because the thing is, it's even true of shows. Like you see audience members looking at their phones. There's a, a comedian, I think it's Eric Bronstein, who has a joke where he, mm-hmm. he was at a college, and he was he was doing a, he was doing his thing, and this guy was looking at his phone, and he said, "What are you watching?" And he said, "I'm watching you." He was watching a video <laughs> of him doing stand up while watching him do stand up, and it was it's, you know, and it's kind of like like I don't I I, I assume it's true because it's super believable. But even if even if it's not, it, it certainly got the spirit of it. Like it, it's definitely like, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, like we're staring at our phones all there's the time. A, and, and, there's definitely know. a Black Mirror episode in there somewhere. A hundred percent. That's very black yeah. Mirror. Very very Black Mirror. You you jump on the live stream and you're at the live stream. <laughs> now what about what about uh, comedy clubs? Are there uh, do you feel like there's enough? Is like are there enough that everybody can get stage time, or is it really a struggle? Oh no! I mean, stage. I mean, you you do an LA show like you're you're thankful for five minutes, and I mean, right? I mean, you're I mean, thankful in in every sense of the word. You really have to go sort of outside Los Angeles if you if you want to work on you know those longer sets and those longer like feature pieces. Um, I just I literally did my first fifteen minutes in uh, November in Arizona. Um, a friend of mine was doing a show in my college town, and you know I just. I reached out and, you know, I asked to to open and, you know, he gave me 15 minutes and that was the longest time I had ever done up until that point. And I realized like, oh shit, like it's, you know, it's great when, you know, you're going around these clubs, you know, you bring a few friends and you get five, six minutes, but then, you know, when you have, when you're tasked with creating a whole, you know, 15 minute set and you got to have a nice arc, it's a, it's a little tougher. So yeah, uh, definitely going outside of LA and finding those like little, little niche places. Um, some friends use, well, they um, before the pandemic they used uh, retirement places, um, veterans of foreign wars, little like lodges. You know, have you ever heard of those? Yeah, yeah, sure. Sometimes, sometimes people do comedy there. Um, yeah, and on it, like having. Yeah, having a a home club too is also helpful. Just to, to you know where you know you feel comfortable asking the booker, hey, can I have seven minutes instead of five, or you know, can I have eight minutes here instead of four? You know, so you can you can work out those those bigger bits is definitely helpful. But there's not very many clubs I think in the city. Um, the Comedy Store is probably one of the most popular ones, and it's. You know, there's about, just to give you context, their Monday potluck open mic, they have 10 spots. About 150 comics show up. Oh, my God. Probably the bookers are already have four people in their mind that they want to see or, you know, have been there for years that are, you know, right on the precipice of, you know, becoming successful. And then the the six, you know, the two of those six are – you know, recommendations personally from, you know, maybe A-list comics. And then what you got four more that are, you know, absolutely random and 150 people stay the whole, they stay, most of them stay the whole time. The, you know, there's, 
some people believe that, you know, you can hang out at the comedy store and, and something will happen. And, and, you know, maybe that's true, but I just like being on stage personally and getting up and putting in as many reps as you can, you know, because it's, it's kind of like the gym. Oh, you have to. I mean, that's something that's hard to explain to people. Like, you know, a lot of the open mics I go to are during the day just because that's when, like, I, at night, I, I like to be home uh, to feed my kid. So it's, just, yeah. it's, so my schedule is much better. Like, I'd rather do an open mic at noon um, than do an open mic at 8 o'clock or even 6 o'clock. And yeah. a, a friend of mine was like, what are you doing in the middle of the day? I was like, how is there an open mic? What, who's going to be there? I was like, other comics. I said, I don't know what you think. I said, it's not, it's not <laughs> like there's an open mic where there's a ton of audience. I mean, yes, there's, you know, Laughing Buddha has these uh, Saturday at 8 o'clock and Saturday at 10 o'clock mics, and those, those have an audience. Um, but those mm-hmm. are not the norm. Like, that's unusual. You, typically, you know, your Wednesday, your Wednesday at 4 or even your Wednesday at 8 is probably not going to have a whole lot of audience. It's probably mostly going to be comedians. And, that, and that's just the way it is. Like, I don't, is that how it is in L.A.? Like, or is it, do open mics get audience? That's a different – that's a different um... – that's one different thing that I, n- I never even thought of. Most open mics here, the earliest one you can find is four o'clock, and oh, you know the latest one you can the latest one will be twelve thirty. Really? So, you know you're not. They don't. You don't yeah, go later than twelve thirty. Not that I'm looking to go later than twelve thirty, but I do feel like in the <laughs> time that is a thing that happens. Really, really. Well, I know I the so. the improv has their open mic. At, it starts at twelve thirty, and then I you know I don't know how long. Oh, okay, it lasts, so that'll go. But, that'll go long. That'll go, yeah, it'll go pretty late. But um, the the thing I, I've always thought, which, which is kind of interesting about Hollywood, quote-unquote, is that uh, everybody says, like, oh, you know, you, you work at night, and then you go to audition or you do whatever in the morning. But I think most people are working during the day, like 9 to 5, and then they're like, oh, okay, I'll – I'll go to I'll go do this at night or I'll go to rehearsal or or the mic at night you know so everybody everybody sort of is a night person by just like this one big social contract not necessarily like I don't think anybody planned it that way but it's it's sort of interesting it's definitely not what the the expectation is when when people get here I think right yeah no no I um I, that makes sense. Um, it's interesting that you don't have anything starting at like noon or, uh, that would be, that would be unfortunate for me. That's a big part of my open micing. Um, that's really, yeah, I would, I would love that. I, I would love that. I'm a morning person. I'm like, if I could start at noon and be done by five, that's like, that's great. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you, if you set it up right, you can hit it here. You could, I mean, again, this is when we had these, um, you can hit a mic at noon, you can hit a mic at three, um, you can maybe hit another mic at like 5.30 or 6, and then you can hit another mic at 8 if you really wanted to. So you can really sort of go boom, 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 boom. And, those, you, know, and I, you can do more. There are people who've, who've figured out schedules where you can do even more than that. Not, not necessarily more than that, but sort of ones where they're staying less time. I like to stay because I like other people to stay, so I feel like I, you know, I, feel like I should do that. And mostly I do <clears> – excuse me. Um, and then, of course, there's, somehow when it's a bucket mic, I'm always last. I'm not really sure how that happens, but I somehow always get to be the last one. Um, so I hate a bucket Wait, mic. Wait, you get picked I, at bucket mics? <laughs> oh, oh, really? Oh, well, well but the, bucket mic's here, but the bucket mic's here, you're going. Like, like everybody's going to get up. It's just that by the time you're done, oh, there's two people left. Right, that is not a that is not something that really. Oh, that would here. drive me crazy. That would that would make me nuts oh, to, to have to wait. Brett, you have two. no yeah. idea. <laughs> Yeah, so you, so you go um, and then you don't then you don't get up. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, will, I won't, you know, call them out or anything, but I've gone to, I've gone to Mike. It was like a, it was a, a bucket mic, but it was also wrapped into like a show. And so the, the MC would pull the names and then people would show up and do spots that were booked on the quote unquote show. And so it was like, am I going to be pulled or did I have to book this show? Like what, you know, it was like a weird, confusing thing. And it's like, I don't want to go when, you know, a mic is usually roughly an hour, an hour and a half maybe. And we're sitting here, like it was a couple of us, there were two hours had gone by and, and none of like three guys, none of us had went up from, from the poll. So we were like, I don't know if this is going to happen for us. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was really weird. Yeah, no, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Um, and while that sucks, that does not, that is not nearly as terrible as everything that's going on in the world right now. I just feel like I need to say that. Right. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, obviously what we're talking about, what we're talking about pales in comparison um, and I mean that sincerely. I'm not being sarcastic, but I no, this I, is a, this I is a strange you. and difficult time. I'm not sure, and I'm not really sure how to navigate everything. Um, but yeah. but that is interesting. Um, what everything that you're saying, as far as uh, you know, as far as how the things are different, um, how the mics are different, how the mic scene is different, and and the show scene. I mean, you know, obviously you're you're grateful for five minutes here too. Like I don't want to give you the wrong idea. It's not like it's not like everyone's just handed out. <laughs> clubs like you right. know, like candy um but i do think that uh I, the impression that i've gotten is that there's more clubs here and, there, and there's more opportunities and i i but yeah, i'm not so based, but i'm not basing that on anything that? Other. It's, very, it's purely anecdotal but so when, so when you say so for for me when i think of club i think of two drink minimum you know five to $20 ticket prices, and they only do comedy. They almost exclusively yeah. don't do anything else. Comedy club. So how many So how many of those would you say are, like, in New York City? Like, how close are they? Like, what are there dim- different demographics of each, or do people just go because they love comedy? Um, you get different people in different ones. I mean, for example, Greenwich Village Comedy Club – um, mm-hmm. is right right by the comedy cellar. So you so you know you can okay. park. You, you can find an audience just by standing on the street in front of Greenwich and saying you know hey comedy, mm-hmm. you know and you'll get an audience. Like I mean it might not be a right. huge audience, but it's going to be an audience. Uh, that is obviously more difficult at say the comic strip, which is on East Eighty First Street. Although I've seen mm-hmm. I've seen that happen too, where you, where you just stand out in the street and be like hey hey comedy and people come in. Um. So it's just yeah, I mean it's different types of audience is really what it comes down to. Um, whereas you know West Side Comedy Club, same thing, a little you know a little bit you know similar to uh, the comic strip in that they're sort of in more residential neighborhoods, so you don't get as many tourists. Um, you do get some tourists, but you know not as many. And then you have bar shows, and bar shows are a whole a whole other animal. I mean bar shows you get mm-hmm. high. you you pull people off of the bar. You sometimes you've got people who are just there actively drinking and. You know, one time somebody kicked a friend of mine. That was really fun. That would that, that would probably never happen <laughs> in a comedy club. But you know, bar bar shows are bar shows are their own unique thing. It, it's uh, and some some are better than others. There's one at a um, Eugene Chang, really nice guy, runs a show at a bar called Oppa. I think it's Opa O P P A, 
and mm-hmm. it is like a cl- it's like a club show. It, it's just it's it's as the kids say, it's banging, it slaps, whatever other <laughs> what what other slang can I misuse? It's you know? lit AF. It's lit. It's lit AF, baby. <laughs> um, it, it, it's just a great great show. I've done it twice, and I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat. It was um, uh, I, I was there was one time I felt like a cult leader. I, I was having I was having the set of my life. It was just it was unbelievable because <laughs> it, it was just it was packed and the people were energetic and really laughing and really getting into it. It was it was very cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, I I met some nice people that night. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. So and that's technically a bar show, but it's not you know it's not the same as a bar show where you're literally in a bar and you're just trying to compete with people who are talking at the bar while you're doing your set. Um, right, which is, which and the blender, which is, which is and the shakers, and the, bl- and the blender, and, and whatever else. Yeah, yeah. But you know, that's its own kind of challenge. That that can be a lot of fun. I'm not knocking. I'm yeah, not knocking think, bar shows. I'm just saying they're different. No, no, hundred no, percent. Like you, I, I think I personally believe like you should, you should have at least enough confidence in your set, whether it be open mic or, you know, a packed house. It'd be like I'm at least gonna get one person to listen. They don't have to laugh, but they're gonna listen. <laughs> Oh yeah, you can get anyone to be paying attention at your bar sh- at a bar show. Um, it's the kind of bar shows that I'm talking about where it's not, you know, like I said, like Eugene's show is really, you know, it, it, it's a it's a show. People are people are absolutely paying attention. You know, there's they're, they're like hanging up from the rafters. It's really packed. It's re- you know, it's he's he's developed something really really cool. Um, and and awesome. there's some which are also cool. But they're just, you know, it's just harder to get people to listen just because of the way the stage is set up, and, or, you know, who knows, any number of things because it's because of the night. Sometimes you go, some you go yeah, uh, on one night. You know, a separate room in the back is key. Like if you have a separate room in the back, that's obviously going to make a big difference too. If you're just doing it in the bar, but you, but the truth. Yeah. But here's the thing: I'll do stand up anywhere. I don't care. Like I don't want to give the wrong impression here. Like whatever. <laughs> that's how I felt about Zoom when it was time to do Zoom shows. I was like, let's do Zoom shows. Sure. It's stand-up. It's not the same, but, it's, you know, we just got to adapt and make something. Yeah. Cool. Have, you, have you done any Zoom shows? I know you've done uh, the Zoom mics. No, just, just Zoom mics, yeah. Um, I, it's hard to book them because you got to – I don't know. Maybe I haven't been networking as, as much as I should. Um, but I, took, I probably took like a month off after like March to April. I was like Zoom, like we're gonna do comedy on Zoom. Like, what happened to Skype? You know, but right. I think after that, then I I got over it, and then you know I started writing, and you know I did some, I did do some uh, some sets that I recorded and sent to a YouTube show. That was it. It literally is a comedy show set up, but you know the the theme or the backdrop is quarantine, so everything's recorded previously, and right. uh, that was good. I love that. But um, cool. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting back on the on the Zoom Zoom uh, horse train. Yeah, for shows. well, I mean, this is what we got. I don't know how. I mean, what what's the opening date for where you are? Because I mean, supposedly New York is going to start opening on Monday. Um, I don't know to so, what extent. Salons and like uh, some restaurants with with limited spaces and stuff. Uh, we're set to open. What would it be this weekend? Uh, May the last weekend of May, but um, obviously there was there were some barriers to that, and you know some businesses just decided to to stay closed. Um, some places like Beverly Hills, which is obviously a lot more affluent, their their curfew all week is 1 p.m. So I don't know what they could sell for about three hours. 
What kind of curfew yeah. is 1 p.m.? That's crazy. Yeah, and I I, I think it's just because of the you know the high value stores they they have to you know take the board the wow. the wood down and then you know open the store and then put the wood back up so they need more time to do that. But you know other places you know it's like 3 p.m. and then one's at five and then one's at the whole uh, L.A. County is at six. So I you know economically huh. it's got to be a barrier too if you know you're trying to get clients in and people in the doors. Wow. 1 p.m. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just really stuck on that, man. I'm really, I'm really <laughs> hung up on that. That's just, that's crazy to me. That's just, but yeah, don't move that. to the nine zero two one zero. I guess not. I guess not. It was a, it was a fun TV show, but I wouldn't want to live there. I wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> um, yeah, how do you, how, But I mean, that's that. How do you function? I mean, that's, what is that's that? A great like, question. anything? Like, what if you want? You, do you guys get delivery out there? Is that a thing you do? Yeah, food yeah, delivery. we got everything. Yeah, and I mean now. So I mean, get, obviously now with the, deli- the how do you pandemic. Get delivery? How do you get your dinner delivered if it's uh, 1 p.m.? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Grubhub. Well, I mean, they're they're municipalities. Like, the city of Santa Monica <clears throat> is in L.A., but it's a city, right? City of Pasadena, Beverly Hills. They're all different municipalities, but I mean, you can order from. Taco Bell, like four blocks away, and it's technically in the city of Los Angeles, and you know Grubhub or Uber Eats, Postmates, whatever, they'll they'll bring it right. to your door. There's no like a sort of line distinction there. Is that a thing? People ordering from someplace something four blocks away? That's very. Uh, you ever seen the movie L.A. Story with uh, Steve Martin? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that's, that's that's what that reminds me of when he gets in his car to go one block. One hundred percent. That is uh that maybe that's something that uh I think people don't understand blocks here in general. Like if you were to tell me like, oh, this liquor store is like five blocks away, I'd be like, okay, like let, you know, let's walk. But you know, you tell someone something's five blocks away here, and they're like, what? So I gotta get on the freeway, you know? Like they just like f- blocks in in Los Angeles are it's literally like a square mile. That's the one block for us. <laughs> I had, a, I had a friend who was living in L.A. Uh, for college. This was a long time ago, obviously. And um, and he used to take walks. And so the police would pull him over, and he would say, I'm from New York. And they'd be like, oh, okay. You know. And he was They white, would pull so him he, over so for they, walking. Yeah, well, and he was white, so he so he didn't get a, they didn't give him a hard time. But just to clarify that, but – he they did you know he would say yeah he would just say I'm from New York and that would that was they understood that that was a good enough excuse. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm actually really thankful that you know I've spent most of my my professional and my adult career uh, with having sort of a fifty fifty access to my car and you know public transportation or walking. I was uh, I went to school in Arizona and. Flagstaff, and so it was sort of you know once you were on campus, I took the bus. It was sort of easy to to walk and go downtown and and eat food or well you know do whatever you needed to do, and then go home at the end of the day on the bus. And then once I started working, I uh, I was about I'm my commute was probably like 33 miles, so you know it's pretty it was pretty far uh, logistically, and I found a a bus that that took me literally right to my work's front door. So I was like, well, I don't need to drive if I could be, you know, reading or, or writing a set or doing something like more productive than just sitting in traffic. So you always got to, there's always like some transportation way. You just got to like really research it and, and know where you're going. Right. But it is possible in LA. I don't want people to be discouraged if you don't have a car. 
Um, I don't see how you could not have a car. I mean, I, I am I will out myself that I don't even have a license because I just I grew up in New York and I just never got one, um, which was a mistake. I do not recommend that. I I, I hope to, uh, not. That's something I do not want to pass on to my children. But I can't. If I live in is that, LA, is that like on your bucket one. list? Is just like get a license? <laughs> um, it's not my bucket list exactly. It's more like maybe by the time I'm fifty, you know, that it's a it's it's time <laughs> is really what it is. I'll be honest. I let my I stupidly let my learner's permit. Um, Lapse. If I had not, then I probably would be practicing while we're in the quarantine. Um, uh, because, I see. But 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 I let the but I let the permit lapse, and I you know I can't legally drive, so uh, I, I wouldn't want I, I don't want to put that on anyone if I do that. Um, I feel like I'd be okay. Like I used to be more nervous about it, and I feel like I'd be okay now. But you know, you still got to practice. You got to get out there, and you know, it's like yeah. it's just you got you need reps. It's just like comedy. You need your it's driving. Just like reps. comedy. Got to get. If you come to Los Angeles, in. Brett. I have an extra car. We we will go to a parking lot, and you can get your reps in. <laughs> Look at you with the extra car. Fancy, very fancy. Now you, yeah, now you, I. So you just don't you don't want to drive too much because you want the time to do other things. Right, right, and I, you know, I always joke with people. I I can't afford a house in Los Angeles, but I have two cars, and that's like that's basically every comic dream, right? <laughs> like, I guess you so. can you can. You can live out of your car if you need to, um, right. but uh, oh man, what was I saying? Totally lost it. That's all right. Um, so tell me how you got into comedy. How did you get started? How I got started. Okay, the origin story of sorts. So um, I want to say it's like 2017. Um, my girlfriend and I were, you know, we were just running out of things to do. Literally, like you know, I'm born and raised in LA her as well you know there's there comes a point where you know you do every touristy thing you do every underground touristy thing you do every local thing and you do every hike and you know you just get a little bored so not to say that LA is short of things to do but you know there is does a point there does get to a point where like you've done all of them so we started going to comedy shows because we had you know comp tickets and email lists things like that and uh we frequented this one uh bar or comedy club. It's called Slappers in Burbank. Um, nice family-owned uh, comedy club. And I got a discount for the classes. And so uh, I came, I approached my mother with this uh, this class opportunity. And I was like, hey, you know, we can both do this. And, you know, she's she had an interest in writing in her younger years. So I was like, you can write and you know eventually you can perform your own set and your own material and it's written by you and uh she was intrigued and it was maybe a little bit of a ploy to get her to pay for my end but uh she did and we took uh the level one stand-up classes together uh did our performance and then went to level two and level three and everything just sort of snowballed from there um i've i have been like an actor on and off and you know, going out on auditions and stuff. And, you know, I was doing improv at the time and I just felt like, you know, something wasn't really the right fit, but, you know, when I found stand up and I, I found that like, you know, I could dig within myself for the material and, you know, for the things that I could say that are funny, that's when it sort of, it got easier for me and, you know, I got more comfortable and relaxed and I just said, you know, I'm going to stick with stand up because it's, it makes me it makes me feel like I'm a, a better performer and a, a better actor. Hmm. Okay. That's good. So yeah. uh, that's a good origin story. I like that. Um now now you now you were saying you did this with your girlfriend. 
Uh, shows with the girlfriend, classes with the mother. Oh, classes with the mother. I'm sorry, I miss her. I misheard you. Okay. Um, no, it's okay. Uh, how? So, what's up with that? Gee, I wish I'd asked you this earlier. That would have been, <laughs> been a good few I minutes. I love that. that, that we, we're coming. That's down everybody. To the end. That's this everybody's follow-up question. This is not where yeah, I want to end. Yeah, that's everybody's follow-up question. Um, my mother on uh, February 16th, my mother headlined the Ice House. I opened for her. She did 15 minutes. Uh, I did 10. Uh, It was sort of a a great uh, last comedy show, if you will, in in person. Wow. um, My mom does it as a hobby, but, uh, you know, it it has brought us closer together and it has given us a, a creative outlet to do together. And, you know, I think her doing something creative in her older age is, helps you know see different perspectives and you know just be a part of the the comedy culture that that exists here so you know i'm grateful for it and i think that you know more people should encourage their parents to you know engage in hobbies with them because you never know where it's going to end up wow boy do i want to ask you more questions about that but i can't we have to stop (laughs) Um, all right mark thank you for being on uh tell everyone where they can find you on the social medias Sure. On uh, Twitter, it's Brewer Comedy. On Instagram, it is Mark Brewer Comedy. Uh, Facebook is just Mark Brewer. And yeah, Incompetent Nerds is my podcast. Uh, Feel free to give it a listen on any uh, podcast platforms, and that's it. All right. Uh, Mark, thank you again. I appreciate you coming on and um, getting into it a little bit. We this is a tough time to talk about anything, but I think we managed to do it. And everyone, we we did be back. We'll be back. Tune in. And everyone, please, as always, stay safe. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.